0: Good morning, friends and family, and welcome to another episode of Alcoholism, Bipolar Disorder, and the Courage to Change. This is Elizabeth Smith, and today's episode is entitled My Fourth Hospitalization, My Psychotic Break. So this was a tough one. This is a tough one to talk about for me because... While I was diagnosed as bipolar, I had never had a bipolar psychotic episode until now. And I'm sober throughout this. So this terrified me. But let me back up and share kind of what happened. I, um so after I got out of treatment in 2015, I spent a lot of time with my mother-in-law Pat Smith, Um, she was diagnosed with cancer, and she was homebound, and, you know, I, we were taking care of her round-the-clock care. Hospice was just getting involved, and um, funny, she was diagnosed with lung cancer, and she never smoked a day in her life, but, um, She was getting weaker, and she needed more help with basic things like um, changing her clothes and bathing and just getting around. And so between my husband, Mike, and his sister, Teresa, and I, we were caring for Grandma Pat. And so after treatment, I wasn't working at first, and... I was spending a lot of time with her. And one of our favorite activities that we did in the morning was, I always got up early and so did Pat. And over coffee and breakfast, I would read her my NIH journal. And she loved it because she loves reading and she loves writing herself. And so we would spend time and I would read to her my excerpts from my journal and she just loved that and so did I because it gave me a chance to reflect on my treatment at NIH. So one of the things Grandma Pat loves and loved was the Detroit Tigers baseball games. She was addicted to the Detroit Tigers, like she loved sports but the Tigers were her favorite. And one of the hobbies that I got into um, being bipolar and after, well, what happened was this. Okay, this is a little odd, but I love it. So our next door neighbors, Bert and Corky Wagner, were really good friends with us. And Corky was a sweepstakes like lover, like she was super into snail mail sweepstakes, and when the kids were little, she was constantly winning things like boxes of cereal and products for you know your bath and hair, and she won a car one time she won trips, so she loved the sweepstakes, and she was always bringing over cereal and hair care crap for me, and she was always telling me about things that she'd won, and when she won the new car, that was a huge deal. So after Corky died, in her honor, I decided to become a sweepstakes like Fanatico too. and I did online sweepstakes, and I always did one-entry sweepstakes. So I figured, I like I'm addicted to it by now, I'm super into my sweepstakes, but I didn't do the weekly or the dailies, I only did the one entries. So I figured that way everybody has one chance at winning. So after I get out of treatment, I applied for the um, Demand Detroit Sweepstakes, which was tickets to a Detroit baseball game and they fly you from your home city to Detroit. You stay in a nice hotel all weekend, and you get to go and and tour the, um, like, a Detroit Auto Plant. Who they were the sponsors of the sweepstakes. So this is a first time sweepstakes for this Demand Detroit thing, and. Um, there are 18 winners, so they have nine innings, and you get to bring a, a partner with you. So, um, So basically, nine people won the sweepstakes. And guess what? I won inning six. So I know that this was God working through me. And I would have brought Pat Smith with me, but she has cancer, and flying and traveling would have been too much. So I win this sweepstakes. I'm on fire, right? I'm like bipolar mania right to the max. And Pat is thrilled. Um, I, of course, decide to bring my husband Mike with me, who is not so thrilled, by the way, because I don't know. He just... I think he was way over me and my alcoholism. Even though I'm sober now, I'm going to meetings and I'm working my program, and things are going great. So August comes around. This is 2015, and we, uh, Mike and I, are ready to go to our our Detroit Tigers game and this whole sweepstakes thing, and. I'm thrilled. So we board the plane from um, Detroit or from Marquette, Michigan. We fly to Detroit. Literally, we get off the plane and there's a limo waiting for us. Like our luggage and everything has been like somehow whisked up from wherever into the limo, and we are on our way to a hotel and it was it wasn't anything special but it was a nice hotel outside of detroit and we go and there's like a reception like we get a welcome and you get a detroit tigers baseball hat and a whole gift basket full of like goodies snacks and detroit pins and all kinds of like detroit stuff And then they have a reception that night. So I get to meet the other sweepstakes winners, right? And they, (laughs) you can imagine, they're like me. I mean, they're we're all a little touched by the sweepstakes thing and mike is so way over this like he is like take me to my room so i can drink my alcohol and get drunk and be done with this weekend but i am sober and i am loving every second of it so I'm really manic, like really manic through this whole thing. So Saturday, the next day comes around and we get to tour the Detroit Auto Factory and I'm super manic. Like I get to drive a forklift or we are zipping around in golf carts and I'm driving. I shouldn't have never been driving. you know, I'm smoking We on all these little breaks that we get. I'm like, I'm just having the best time of my life. And so is Mike now. Mike is getting into it now. So they board us into the bus. We get done with the factory tour, thank God, because now I'm really manic. But it's time for me to take my meds. And they are like boarding us back on the bus to go to the Detroit Tigers dinner where we get to have dinner with some of the players and then watch the ball game. So I am kind of manic. I need to take my meds. I need to take like a little rest time. But the sweepstakes people are like, go, go, go. Like, we got to go. We got to get going. So I tell Mike I'm going to skip the dinner because there's going to be a ton of alcohol there and I just didn't want to deal with it. I'll just eat and snack at our hotel. And the sweepstakes people are not happy with me because I'm missing the bus tour to go to now Detroit Tigers Stadium, you know, to go have dinner at the VIP room with the players. But I decided to skip that and call my therapist, Susan DeGroot, because I am so manic right now. I am like high I'm like high as a kite. So anyway, that's what ended up happening is I the Mike and the rest of the sweepstakes winners went to the ball game. I stayed back at the hotel. They sent another um bus for me. Privately, I mean, just for me, so I could get to the game like an hour later, um, and so I like called Susan. I'm like Susan, I need rescue meds. Like I'm so manic, I'm out of control. I'm I won the sweepstakes. I'm so excited. Like, I'm taking pictures left and right. I'm talking to all the sweepstakes winners as though I know what I'm doing with sweepstakes and telling them about my life and my kids and talking way too much. And it's like, I finally called her. I'm like, it's too much. So she's like, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get you rescue meds for when you get back to Marquette. We are going to get you in the hospital, and you, you're you going to be fine, but you're going to have to manage through this Detroit Tiger sweepstakes and the ball game tonight and get on the plane tomorrow and try to get some sleep, like try to calm yourself down, which I couldn't. So I'm glad I called her, though, because I normally don't reach out for help, and I was desperate, like I knew... I needed to get some help so um, a private bus comes to get me to take me to the ball game and we go I go right I mean right up to the front door um, take an elevator up to the VIP suite where all the rest of the sweepstakes people are there's a candy bar I mean, there's free everything. The drinks are pouring out. Mike is pretty loaded right now. He's thrilled because he's talking with, like, the sweepstakes um, organizers and the game. And I'm talking with, um, so I decide I befriend, and I can't remember his name, I want to say Charles. He was an 80-year-old African-American man, and I sat next to him during the game. He was not drinking. And I um, we talked sweepstakes, and he's won like two trips to Hawaii where he got to take his family to Hawaii. And we're watching the game, and I think they won. I barely watched the game, actually. I mean, I did and I didn't. I was so excited. I picked up all kinds of candy for Clara and Brody to take back with me. They had suckers, I mean, and not like little suckers, like the big, huge, rainbow, swirly kind, and all kinds of candy and all kinds of goodies um, were in the VIP suite. So we board the bus, we get back, and now it's Sunday morning, and um, we have breakfast, and Mike and I are like barely talking to each other because he doesn't know how to handle me when I'm bipolar, manic. He doesn't know how to deal with me. He just wants me to go away. So we get on the plane, we get back to Marquette, and I go to um, the pharmacy. I go right to, thank God, Snyder drug and get my rescue, trazodone and whatever else they prescribe me. But I know they... I mean they gave me meds to knock me out and um so Monday comes around and um I end up at Market General Hospital. I am so manic and so out of I mean I'm just out of it and um Mike ends up taking me and I well what happened was this I what still wasn't sleeping and I got up really early whatever that it was during that week I ended up in the hospital and I turned on the tv and I started to hallucinate like I saw hula hoop girl in the tv and it scared me because there was no hula hoop girl in the TV. I was, I thought I was watching the news, but the hula hoop girl kept like getting in the TV. And then I started having grandiose, like um, thinking that NIH wanted me be back in treatment to do more research for them. Like I had this big thought that NIH wanted me back to do research and that because I'd stayed sober through all this that like they wanted me back and um, and I was going to be like their best research project and um, I don't know I just remember hula hoop girl and um, and having these big feelings about NIH and <clears throat> so mike is i'm telling him this stuff now, and he is packing me in the car to take me to Market General Hospital to get checked in and I get to the hospital and um my psychosis is so bad, and i'm in the i'm in the um emergency room in a room with Mike. And a doctor comes in, and I'm hallucinating. And I look at Mike, and I swear to God, this is this terrified me. But his face started to change, and half of it changed into the devil like it melted. His face was like melting into a devil shape. And that's when they gave me a shot of something. And the mental health person didn't even make it to assess me. I was whisked right up to the sixth floor for psych. And they gave me a shot of something. And I ended up in a padded room for a whole day. I don't remember. I was knocked out, like unconscious, like dead, knocked out. And... um the next day I woke up and I'm in this room and I woke up and I kind of came out of it and I asked the nurse, I said, was I hallucinating here? And she just kind of smiled at me like she didn't say anything and I I don't know, but I know I spent a week in the psych unit and I, again, they gave me the trazodone and I just I was so out of it now. Now I'm like on the downward end of things, and so I'm in the psych unit for another week, and I get out, and it's around Labor Day of 2015, and Mike decides that he's going to go to um, Copper Harbor to participate in a bike race, and I'm going to be alone, and um, because I, I just didn't have the energy, and he didn't want me to go to Copper Harbor with him anyway. He By this time, I'm realizing that he's having an affair with Nicole, who he is still with to this day, but I I didn't know he was having an affair all through my alcoholism. That's how stupid I was, but um, he leaves for Copper Harbor, and Susan Groot tells me the only way that you're going to stay at your house alone is if we get some help. And she suggested that I hire Pat, who was a nurse, a psych nurse, who also has bipolar disorder, who's 70 years old, who's my friend. So I hire Pat to come and stay with me. Um, And I paid her $150 for the weekend, and she cared for me. Like, she came to my house and cooked meals, and we um, watched TV, we colored, we, like in, you know, the adult coloring books, we talked. um, We just had the most nice time, and she took care of all my meds. And so I... I'm coming off the hospitalization, I'm coming down, and Pat is so peaceful and calm that I just had a really good weekend. So that was my fourth hospitalization, my psychotic break, which terrified me. And um, I'm so glad that what scared me was that I was sober through it all. And meaning that I now am more and more and more accepting my bipolar disorder, which was good and positive, and I'm more and more accepting that I'm going to need therapy and medication the rest of my life. So that was my fourth hospitalization, my psychotic break. I uh, thank you for listening this morning. I'm so grateful to be sober today, and with that I'll pass. Over and out.